welcome to Not Your Mother's Library, a reader's advisory podcast from the Oak Creek Public Library. I'm Rachel. And I'm Melody. And today we are going to be talking about spooky stories. Mm. So disclaimer, <laughs> if you get scared easily or don't like the horror genre, turn us off now. We won't be offended. <laughs> Go to a different episode. Yeah. Don't turn us off. <laughs> we also have three special guests joining us from the North Shore Library in Glendale. Welcome, Alyssa. Hi. Sam. Hi. And Lizzie. Hi. Hi, guys. We're so happy to have you. Welcome. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Um, so I actually know um, Alyssa and Sam. We used to work together at the North Shore Library. And Lizzie, you're there now. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're coming to us from the North Shore Library. We're doing a co-library podcast. And Sam is no longer at the North Shore Library. <laughs> he just started a new job in Franklin Correct. Public Library. Yeah, Franklin Public. Yes. A lot of changes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so we used to be part of a podcast, which is still at the North Shore Library called Book Chat. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to record with Alyssa and Sam. And so doing that when I started this job at Oak Creek inspired me to start this podcast. So thank you guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So do you guys want to tell us a little bit about yourselves just to give us a background? Let us know who you are. Alyssa? Sure. Yeah, I'll go first. Uh, so I'm now the assistant director at the North Shore Library. I started out as um, a children's librarian. So I've been at the North Shore Library for about five years now. Mm. Um, and this year I switched roles. So it's been interesting seeing how much uh, my job has changed. And it's been fun to interact with patrons in a different way right. um, than I was before. But uh, still seeing a lot of like the families that I got to see before and things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, I have a lot of eclectic reading tastes, if you want to jump into that. Yes. So, um, <laughs> I do not read like one genre. I used to read a lot of YA, but I also like um, kind of psychological thrillers. So that's as far as I usually get into the horror genre. Mm-hmm. I am a huge scaredy pants. Like I cannot watch a scary movie without having to watch like a palate cleanser afterwards like a Disney movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I will not be able to sleep. <laughs> and I'll yeah. probably run up the stairs <laughs> as fast as I can <laughs> after watching yeah. it. Um, so, so yeah, so psychological thrillers is like as spooky as I get. Okay. Typically. So I, um, remember you had a book recommendation for me and I was wondering if it was going to fit with this, um, Ooh. episode. It's that young adult book, um, set in the civil war era, but it's an alternate <gasps> yes. timeline history. Um, Dread Nation. Yes. Absolutely. And yes. Would that fit? Is that? I think so. Horror? So it is a historical fiction, um, alternate history of civil war era. If all of the dead came back to life as what they call, I think, shamblers. So it is like uh, a zombie meets civil war, which is really intriguing given mm-hmm. how many people died during the civil war. Mm-hmm. I think it's the largest yeah. death count of any war in U.S. history. Right. So that kind of like adds this other element to it. And then there's a lot of like social justice talked about and how reforms did or did not change based on their new impending <laughs> doom. Um, you know, and they also talk about uh, the Native American population and how um, westward expansion is encroaching on those territories and that kind of um, happen. You know, uh, that deals with it. Um, 
So yeah, I think it definitely would fit. It's, okay. But it's like my type of horror. Yeah. Like it's very gentle. Yeah, that's what I felt too. I was yeah. gonna try to read it for yeah. this podcast, but I just, yeah, that would be a great one. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've also been really obsessed with historical fiction recently, so uh-huh. I've been reading a ton of it. I'm not sure why, but yeah, yeah. We talked about um, narrative nonfiction mm-hmm. in our last yeah. episode, mm-hmm. so that was really fun. It's a good genre. Yeah. 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 Um, Lizzie, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I am Lizzie. I'm the head of youth services at the North Shore Library. Um, I have been a children's librarian for a long time. I've been working <laughs> yeah. with kids in libraries for like a little over 10 years, I think. So, cool. um, But always have worked with kids in some way so now I get to talk to them about books and their homework and slime and fun stuff (laughs) Um, so and my I'm sort of the opposite of Alyssa in that my favorite genre is anything like spooky anything with horror (laughs) anything with some sort of weird ghosts or you know haunted places Um, I have always really liked that genre I remember my mom said when I was just like a toddler preschooler my favorite movie was Beetlejuice um, and I would just watch it every single day Um, I'm the type of person who you know when I'm feeling kind of down and I need to pick me up I like watch some sort of horror movie (laughs) and that puts me in a better mood Um, completely foreign to me (laughs) yeah um, so yeah I you know try to watch and read as much as I can, but because I'm a children's librarian, I work with um, teens as well. I read a lot of the books for kids that deal with, you know, suspense, thrillers, mysteries, um, horror, and Mm -hmm. yeah, when a kid comes up to me and says they want something spooky, I like slam my hands down the table and I'm like, do you really want something spooky? Because I know it. Um, And yeah, and so this is perfect because this is my favorite time of the year as well. Yeah. I call it the spooky season. It's mm-hmm. you know foggy right now. It's yeah, it is. perfect. Yeah, it's pretty ominous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I love yeah. anything, anything spooky. <laughs> I usually read like one spooky story a year, and it's always this time. So yeah. this is perfect because I'm like this fits in pretty appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've noticed that most, um, at least for kids and teens, like the more mainstream. Um, and this is just my own observations. I have no idea if this is actually true, but um, that most of the like good horror books come out during this time of year. They yeah. kind of time it mm-hmm. right. So I make a big list every October, and then I try to read them all year long. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sam, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah. So I uh, I just started a new job at the Franklin Public Library. I'm an adult reference librarian, um, and my emphasis there is kind of working with technology. Um, and doing technology instruction as well as kind of troubleshooting. Um, so I worked at the North Shore Library the last couple years and I've worked at a couple other places in Milwaukee County mm-hmm. uh, within the last about four years. Um, my reading, uh, most people would describe it as probably boring. Uh, <laughs> I was an English literature major so I really like literary fiction which a lot of people don't uh-huh. really dig um, but I also like science fiction fantasy thrillers mystery I, I'll read anything um, as long as it grabs me mm-hmm. I love listening to audiobooks that's like mm-hmm. my thing yeah. I, I always have one downloaded from either Hoopla or Libby and just always listening to something um, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I just, yeah, there's really not a book that I'll turn down just based on genre. It's more so if I'm not kind of getting into it within the first, like, 30, 50 pages. Okay, sure. How so. long do you usually last for an audio audiobook? Because sometimes... You know, you get a bad narrator, or it's just not grabbing you. Yeah, um, I try to give it at least an hour um, wow. of listening. <laughs> but if the narrator's really bad, or if something just like totally turns me off, I'll, I have no problem getting rid of it um, as soon as I kind of determine. Yeah. But I, I try to give it a chance to really get into the story <laughs> proper and. Yeah get rolling. I know you're an advocate of giving up on books, right? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of people would probably gasp when they hear that, but there are only so many books you can read or Mm -hmm. listen to in your life Mm -hmm. and don't waste it on bad books. (laughs) (laughs) Or it just might not be the right time for you to read that book. Right. And and I shouldn't say bad books, but books maybe you don't like (laughs) or it's maybe not your style, but there's no reason suffering through a book that you don't enjoy when you could pick something else up right. that you do enjoy. Yeah, I could get so behind that. Yeah. Do you read horror often, Sam? Um, not super often. Um, it's not one of those genres that I kind of seek out. Um, it's something that I feel like I kind of come across and kind of realize that it's a spooky story or a horror book okay. um, after I've started reading it. Okay. But that's not necessarily why I went and picked that book out. Gotcha. But do you enjoy them? That's the other question. I do enjoy them. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah, I definitely enjoy it. I enjoy reading scary books more than I like watching scary movies. Mm. It's like less real. There's like a disconnect. Yes. Because it's at your own pace. It's at my own pace. You can put the book in the freezer if you need to. Yes. 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 Um, Rachel, do you like reading scary books? Um, I do a lot more now than I used to. When I was younger, I could pretty much only handle Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark (laughs) and the classic Universal black and white monsters you know yeah um but i've tried to build up a resistance to horror (laughs) as a genre by listening to uh, horror anthology podcasts i don't know how successful that's been but i've tried yeah okay i'm not a uh i don't usually go to horror books either um but i actually reading for this episode found myself enjoying some of them so Mm -hmm. i think i might try to dive in more especially during this spooky season (laughs) (laughs) all right so lizzie do you want to start off by telling us about your book sure um so my book is called the invited by jennifer mcmahon um (laughs) who i just realized i've been calling jennifer mcmahon but there's not a second and in her name so right. um so I, I thought it was jennifer mcmahon mcmahon it probably is i don't know though yeah it's just my guess <laughs> yeah well i'm embarrassed to say she is like my favorite adult author <laughs> and i've never learned how to pronounce her name so you just call her jen yeah um and so i've read i believe i've read all of her books um but this one is her latest book. It is called The Invited. And I have to co- stop myself from saying The Uninvited because it's sort of different. They are not uninvited. They are invited. Okay. Um, and it 
takes place in um, you know the northeast in sort of a rural area and this couple buy some land to build a house themselves on the land um, kind of out in the middle of nowhere they buy a bunch of land and on this land there is a bog and I don't know if you guys know anything about bogs but they are just inherently creepy <laughs> I was in Ireland uh, this spring and there's lots of bogs there yeah, so yeah. a lot of Peat like bogs. spooky things yeah. about like the bog people or the bog man yeah or, like people who are preserved in bogs there do you mean the yeah. boggy man yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm I went, so sorry <laughs> years and years ago there was a, a traveling exhibit at the Milwaukee Public Museum about mummies mm-hmm. and it's the best mm-hmm. exhibit they've ever had in my one person's yeah. opinion um, and they had they brought the mummies there and they had a bunch of bog mummies and I feel like that like creeped me to the bone that these people <laughs> were not preserved on purpose yeah, yeah but like fell into the bog and then were preserved and ever since then I'm like oh bogs yeah. <laughs> they're creepy um, and that's so, only the bodies they found imagine right? how many more there right? are <laughs> yeah so it has a lot to do with this bog um, and like a lot of her books it's told by multiple people's um point of view so it's told by the main character who's building this house um it's told by a a child who lives on the edge of the bog who um is really become obsessed with the bog because the other character um Hattie who you know is a character from the past was supposedly a witch who um, buried her treasure somewhere in the bog and so mm-hmm. this child's obsessed with finding it um, because she's got a lot of things happening in her home life that she thinks it will solve um, and you know all these characters sort of intersect two actually in person one maybe in spirit um, <laughs> and you know the I like it because the main character becomes really obsessed with the history of the area and the history of Hattie this bog witch maybe um (laughs) and yeah it's it's really spooky and a lot of things are happening and a lot like a lot of her books you don't know if it's like something supernatural or something like easily explained Mm -hmm. people might be playing tricks on them or grabbing different things from them and trying to scare them away um or maybe it's a spirit trying to scare them away so so yeah it's a really interesting read it took me like two days to read it. I stayed up super late at night to finish <laughs> it. Um, and I just, I really, I really liked it. I, I mean, I enjoy all of her books, but I thought this one was a really, a really great read. And a good, the twist is, you know, that the main character is trying to get Hattie or whoever to like come in and show herself. Like she's trying to kind of connect with this ghost or this witch or whatever and you know it's a lot less like oh I'm afraid of this thing get out of here (laughs) and more just like come in I want to hear your story so yeah yeah it doesn't make it any less spooky though yeah so how spooky is it on a scale of like not spooky at all to checking under your bed and sleeping with the lights on see and that is hard I feel like my scale (laughs) is going to be different than a lot of people because I would say it's about halfway okay (laughs) so for me all the lights are in the house when I go to bed yeah (laughs) it's a good I mean it's one of those books too that just has a really good revealing story about all the characters like it's really kind of character driven Mm -hmm. and um 
So if you don't focus on the spooky stuff, it's really not that spooky. It's just some <laughs> people who happen to live near a bog. Just ignore the ghost in the corner. Yeah, right? Yes. I should read it and then be able to judge, like, okay, this yeah. is like, <laughs> this is Lizzie Spectrum. I would say it's about medium spooky. <laughs> um, okay, so I actually read two short stories for this podcast episode. Um, I've never, I hate to say this, but I've never read a Stephen King book i hadn't until recently one of his newer like short story collections yeah yeah Yeah. so i I read stationary bike um by stephen king i actually listened to the audio um i was limited on time so i just did one short story from him and then i'll talk about another short story after that um has anyone read this Mm -hmm. so stationary bike is um this, uh, the main character's name is Richard. He's um, slightly overweight, and he goes to the doctor, and the doctor says, your cholesterol is getting high. You probably want to start doing something about that. And the doctor gives him this analogy that kind of takes over his life and all of his thinking thought processes. So um, the analogy is that there's a... Um, group of construction workers who are working to make sure his metabolism is working well but he's because he's eating the same way he used to eat 10-15 years ago they're they're not being given a rest at all and they're going to get tired out and soon they won't be able to work as hard as they have been so he takes this analogy and just runs with it he he buys a stationary bike um, screws it into his apartment basement, which I have some logistical questions. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think my apartment would let me do that. Yeah. Um, he's also an artist. That's what he does for a living. And he paints this mural on the wall in front of the stationary bike. Instead of buying a TV or listening to an audiobook or something. <laughs> like a normal human being. <laughs> right. He paints a road... Um, that the construction workers are working on in his mind. And he also paints a second mural with all of the construction workers. He gives them all names and characters and backgrounds. Um, And so he starts biking on this bike and eventually, he's doing it every day, eventually he kind of falls into a trance and sees himself biking on a road. He also buys a map and marks a trail that he's going on. So it starts getting a little weird. He's like having conversations with these construction Mm -hmm. workers. Um, And eventually he has to set a timer for two hours after being on the bike because he'll like fall into this trance and be biking in the woods somewhere. And then when the alarm goes off, he you know, wakes up from the trance and goes back to his normal life. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) It's really bizarre. He starts having like weird dreams. Um, It's a short story. So the buildup to that, like, I think if it was a novel, there could be more buildup and Mm -hmm. um, the ending is not quite as creepy as I thought it would be. Isn't mm-hmm. Stephen King notoriously bad at endings? Is yes. he? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well that explains a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but it, it was really interesting. Um, the The audiobook was pretty good too. I, would, I, I wasn't put off by the author or anything like that. So that's my first book. And then my second book is the short story, I should say is The Dunwich Horror by H.P. Lovecraft. Um, and has anyone read this? I have, all? actually. Okay. Yeah. 
Love me some Lovecraft. <laughs> I've never jumped into Lovecraft, and I think this was probably the wrong book to. to He's go an in. acquired taste. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's set in this haunted old town. There's all these weird noises in the hills and the forests and foul smells that appear out of nowhere. Um, and there's this family. I feel like all of the characters are kind of decrepit and grotesque in some way mm. so there's a grandpa with a mother and a son and the mother is this albino woman who goes wandering in the woods <laughs> where the creepy scary thing is that the townspeople talk about and then she's pregnant one day and we don't know who the father is surprise <laughs> yeah and her son starts growing at this like ridiculous rate so by the time he's probably three years old he looks and acts like a 14 year old kid so it's mm. it's pretty and he's also looks nothing like her he's um has a lot of dark features um so obviously something ominous is going on within this family um and then he also so there's a part in the story where he goes to the library to check out well, he tries to steal, but he eventually checks out a book <laughs> um, called the, I think it's called the ne Necronomicon, mm -hmm. which is like a book of magic and spells, um, which also is kind of ominous. And then eventually his body is found dead. Um, and he always used to wear like very fine clothing from neck to ankle. And when they find him dead, they realize that his body has scales on it. There's tentacles out of his coming out of his torso. There's slime everywhere, and there's horrendous. <laughs> um, and so that's kind of where we learn about this concept of this horrible monster that's um, got this foul smell and may look something like this. So some things happen further on. Um, Again, I was kind of underwhelmed by the ending. I feel like this could have gone further, but doing some research after I read this, I realized that this is one in a series of books about this particular monster. Um, mm -hmm. That if you, I think if you read all of them, you'll you'll learn a little bit more. But it was really fascinating, and the, so the the mythology of this monster, it's supposed to have a squid head. It's huge. And then kind of like a, I have pictures here if you <laughs> I brought pictures if you guys want to look at them. Um, so it has this squid head and then this very large um, body and then it has dragon wings on the back. This is Cthulhu oh. we're talking yes. about? Yes. I couldn't remember the name. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's pretty ominous. Yeah, and that's something to keep in mind with Lovecraft, is he wrote for a lot of Pulp Fiction, like, magazines, mm -hmm. so a lot of his stories can kind of stand alone, but are also part of a series, so that it makes more sense the more you read. Right. Mm -hmm. um, which then can also lead that if you're reading all of the series, sometimes he has, like, a paragraph in the first, like, page that kind of summarizes what you've already read, which if you're reading it as one kind of book is really redundant and kind of annoying <laughs> after a while. Right. Um, but you have to remember that it came out kind of monthly. Yeah. And so people would mm -hmm. need, oh, yeah, that's what happened yeah. right. the that last time That's a good around. point, yeah. Yeah, so um, I actually was kind of surprised because listening to both of these books, I listened on audio, 
I felt kind of underwhelmed. I wasn't that scared. <laughs> you had like <laughs> built yourself up to like be scared yeah. and like had all your defenses up and then And then I was down. I was like, also I think partly because I was listening while I was doing other things might have been an mm-hmm. aspect and I also kind of separated my listening sessions. I spread out mm-hmm. listening to the books over a longer period of time. So I don't I don't I'm not sure why but I wasn't I had a similar experience when I read, and I listened to something by Stephen King, and I can't remember. It was um, a book of two short stories. I think it was, like, republished recently. Um, The the story I remember is is about a man who um, his body composition isn't changing, but he is becoming lighter, so he's, like, losing mass. Um, And... His doctor doesn't understand what's happening, and basically gravity's having less of an impact on him. So it, like, goes through, like, how he chooses to live his life, hmm. you know, and, like, make decisions based on that. Um, and it was it was kind of, like, creepy and interesting and different, mm-hmm. but I wasn't scared. Right. So I, I, I came to appreciate that about Stephen King. Like, he has, like, horror that is yeah. very scary, because he wrote It. Yes. Yes. And so I, this may be why I hate scary things. (laughs) I watched it when I was way too young to watch that movie. Um, And I think I'm traumatized. So it's nice to know that he has like this spectrum of writing. Different layers Um, of fear. Yeah. That's a very good point. Yeah. And I found I was also kind of underwhelmed in terms of like the whole, like I really liked the story, but Mm -hmm. I wasn't like really scared. Right. That's kind of how I felt Mm -hmm. here too. Um, Lizzie, do you have any recommendations for someone who really wants to be scared? I... Oh. <laughs> I was saying um, yesterday to Alyssa, there's a book I read. It was It's from a long time ago. I say that. It's probably like 10 years. Um, and it's a young adult novel, and it's called The Replacements, and it's by Brenna Yovanoff. Um, and it, like, on the cover, at least on the one that I had, it's, like, a bassinet with, like, a mobile, mobile, what is mm-hmm. that, for mm-hmm. babies? Yeah. Made of, like, knives and, like, and I found myself really, like, really scared from it. Like, it, um, you know, the premise, and it's been a long time since I read it, so I might get it wrong, but is that... You know, there's this underworld under this town, and the people from this underworld come and switch babies. And sorry, Alyssa, um, <laughs> and switch babies when they're born, and then these kids grow up, and they're not really human. Like they look just like the babies, and they grow up just like, like the babies. Changelings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And the main characters actually discover. Oh, I shouldn't say it's a. Big spoiler. <laughs> no spoiler. Yeah. Um, he he discovers this underworld and, you know, okay. has to kind of navigate his world as it changes. So that one I found quite spooky. On the scale of, like, zero like to ten. Like 7.5. I don't, oh, I can't say that I've ever truly been a... 100 percent scared. <laughs> Have you ever found like an eight or nine? No, I can't think okay. of it. If I, I have, got a book for you in the next episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh, you know what though? The one book um, that you, I believe, are going to talk about in our North Shore podcast. Yes. Um, and we'll 
you know, you'll have to listen to that to figure out which one it was. I tried reading that on a plane and I had to put it down. Really? And like throw it under my seat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And part of it might have just been that I was on a plane, which already, you yeah. know, my nerves are already kind of right. up there. Yeah. But yeah, the and it was in the very beginning of it that I really? had to be like, mm nope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah, I guess maybe I don't finish those books. Yeah, and that's yeah. a good point because I read that one before I read these short stories, so I think my expectation uh, yeah, yeah. was pretty high. You were already terrified. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think though, the difference for me, like the reason I like horror is because I like like double checking that my door is locked and like <laughs> thinking like, ooh, what's out there? You know, like I like that feeling. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and I think people who don't like horror don't like that feeling, but I like if... If it makes me sort of be like, should I leave a light on? <laughs> but it's a good one. <laughs> I like to say I just have an over overactive imagination. Yeah. Um, I once made my husband check our house floor to bottom while I had like 911 on speed dial because I was convinced there was someone in our because <laughs> I read a scary book. <laughs> Clearly that's the time when an intruder will actually come. Right, right yes. exactly, exactly. They know. Which could be a scary story in itself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, Rachel, do you want to talk about yeah. your recommendations? Um, I wanted to change things up a bit and talk about something other than books. Uh, on In the other episode of this month's podcast available on the book chat feed i'm going to talk a bit about a pop popular horror anthology podcast called the no sleep podcast uh, so for this episode of not your mother's library i wanted to give recommendations for other scary podcasts existing mm. out there in the twilight <laughs> <laughs> insert mandatory yeah. wahaha here um so i first dipped my toes into podcast with welcome to night vale which I don't know if any of you guys... Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's really popular these days, and it has a touring live show. I've mm-hmm. seen one called Ghost Stories, and it was beautiful. You have mm-hmm. to see it in person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's loosely based on horror, but I would say it's more satirical in nature. Right. Yeah, yeah. It comes in the form of community radio updates about a fictional desert town called Night Vale. And I would describe this podcast as darkly quirky yet heartfelt it really gets you in the fields mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. uh, it's sort of like the news from lake Wobegon section of the prairie home companion yeah. but with mm-hmm. more spiders and secret police gotcha. yeah. yeah and if you've ever lived in a small town which my college town is a very small town you will find it beyond hilarious yeah. because you can like uh, it's just <laughs> if, if you've experienced that kind of area you you get the podcast so much more yeah that's cool. And one of Night Vale's writers wrote another podcast called Alice Isn't Dead, which is in my top three all-time favorite podcast list. So you guys have to listen to it. <laughs> Alice is about a truck driver going across America in search of her missing wife. And she comes across these monsters called Thistlemen. And I won't get any more into it because spoilers, but it is so good. <laughs> it is peak performances. <laughs> Uh, and both Welcome to Night Vale and Alice Isn't Dead have book tie-ins, so check those out as well. Nice. Then there's another podcast network called Minnow Beats Whale, and they have a series of horror docudramas. To run through them quickly, mm-hmm. <laughs> because there are a few, The Black Tapes is about a journalist search into the paranormal and some influences oh, on her own life, and she starts doing research, and then things start impacting her. 
Uh, Tanis is about a mythic legend inhabiting the Pacific Northwest. That's one that's really, really good and super creepy, so mm-hmm. try that mm-hmm. one. The last movie is a bit of a Tanis spinoff about a film that kills people who watch it, which is kind of a horror movie trope, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah but I've not heard about it in podcast form because right. it doesn't really seem to match, mm-hmm. but they did pretty well with it. That's cool. Uh, the last, or I just talked about that one, uh, Rabbits is about a woman's dis- disappearance into the mysterious underworld game of rabbits and her friend is trying to find her and it's really weird we don't know what's happening (laughs) it's like this game that everyone around the world plays but no one really knows what it is okay yeah (laughs) and finally the leap year society focuses on cults and conspiracies which we all love right (laughs) these stories are serialized and fictional but they are so well done that it seems as if the creators are drawing from actual events Mm. Yeah, that that one highly recommended. Yeah. <laughs> then there is Fool and Scholar Productions, and this is a group behind an ongoing horror narrative called The White Vaults. It's about a team of five people who go to repair an Arctic archipelago way station, mm-hmm. and they get trapped by a storm and some other things hidden beneath the ice. Yeah. Super spooky. Uh, spooky things in storms. Yes, <laughs> especially in the Arctic, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's not just polar bears out there. No. Uh, the voice cast is diverse, and it has a super immersive soundscape. And I would also recommend um, Fool and Scholar's other production called Dark Dice, which is a playthrough of a horror Dungeons & Dragons game featuring all the same voice talent from the White Vaults. If you're into that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. And finally, for a little bit of nonfiction, there is a podcast called Lore. Have you heard about that at all? I've heard of that one. Yeah. yeah. It's written, produced, and narrated by Aaron Mankey, and it's all about real-world, quote-unquote, scary stories. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's a bit of folklore mixed in with uh, historical true crime, I'd say. And there are books, a TV show, and it has even spawned two spin-off podcasts in a similar vein. So judge for yourself how popular that one is. <laughs> <laughs> and there are a bunch more out there, but that's plenty of recommendations <laughs> from me. Do you guys have any that you would like to recommend? I do. <laughs> I am ashamed that I didn't think of this one in preparation for this, but Limetown, the podcast, yes. was the single scariest <laughs> thing I have ever experienced. It's so immersive mm-hmm. and so intense in parts. I was uh, disc golfing or frisbee golfing at <laughs> Abishine Park mm-hmm. in Oak Creek um, in broad daylight. And I had to leave the park, turn the podcast <laughs> off, and drive home because an episode was that scary. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's so immersive. It's like sometimes too intense that you have to like pause it mm-hmm. and like get your heart rate down a little bit. Um, wow. They came out with a season two last mm-hmm. year and also have a book. And they're actually making a TV show for Facebook Watch. So yeah. again... It's very popular. That one was in Hollywood Purgatory for a while. I was worried they weren't going to make it, but yes. it's finally coming out. <laughs> yeah, season one came out, and it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then they said, yeah, we're going to do season two. And Years go by. <laughs> years go by with no word. Yeah. Um, but yeah, season one of Limetown, I would say, is a must-listen. Mm-hmm. If you enjoy horror, it was, again, the single scariest thing. Nice. <laughs> cool. So while I do not like horror um i really like true crime which is probably why i'm like searching my house at midnight (laughs) um but i i don't know if this counts but uh has anyone listened to broken hearts yes i think sam we've talked about it so it's a podcast that um follows the heart 
family, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and it's this couple that has a large adopted family. Um, they lived on the Pacific Northwest, um, and they were tragically all killed when the van drove off the cliff. And mm -hmm. um, after the accident, the police were investigating, and they don't think that it was an accident. They think it was an intentional um, suicide murder um, of the family and they also then go into some records of like child abuse that was happening between this couple and their adopted kids they get into the process of adopting and some of the politics um, the couple they're both white and they adopted um, I think like nine black children and they kind of became very famous the son was hugging a police officer at um, I don't know if it was like a Black Lives Matter rally or um, it was kind of like it became the symbol of police and um, like social just joining and um, that, you know, they had this kind of like public life and then the podcast dips into this private life that wasn't really uh, known or discovered or handled and um, you kind of learn more and more and I, I had to stop it because I was getting like it was pretty intense um, but it's really good and it's it's true crime yeah um, it's it's pretty dark pretty pretty sad yeah pretty traumatic those but... those true crime stories really get me because yeah they're real yeah. Which is yeah. a lot more scary. Yeah. And that's the kind of horror or like scary stories I typically like. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That but, actually kind yeah. of lets us transition really well into your recommendation. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Uh, so the book I read for today is, of course, nonfiction because I was just saying. So the book I read is called Lady Killers, uh, Deadly Women Throughout History. It's by Tori Telfer. Um, in this, I would say, like, on a scale of one to very scary, it's going to be, like, a two. Okay. Um, the most recent person profiled in this collection is from, like, the 1950s. Um, and what the author is really focusing on is how there aren't, there have not been a lot of female serial killers. There's, um, I think, a statistic that 10% of all serial killers are female, um, though those records are not well um, I don't know how valid they are. It's, mm -hmm. it's hard to study. Um, and what the book is really focusing on is how, uh, cause these are all from the past, how media or court or, um, like social action has chosen to characterize these women who were very dangerous and were, you know, had like psychological issues and obviously, you know, they were serial killers, but how they were characterized and um, how a lot of these women were like falling into archetypes. So either they were like a motherly grandmother mm -hmm. that is, you know, just a little off or they were like a very like um, voluptuous woman who is like meant to be chased after. And mm -hmm. that's kind of like a lure. And so mm -hmm. the first story that they talk about is almost like the birth of this like vamp vampiress or vampire you know like um and i forget her name let me look it up i believe there are eight uh heavy metal or like death metal bands named after her oh my gosh uh she was alive in the 1700s i want to say um her name is uh 
Oh, I'm going to say it wrong. Elizabeth Bathory. Um, she was a countess. She lived in Hungary. Um, and she killed a lot of her, her servants. Um, and, you know, there's a big... You know, they go into the history of it, of how she was like part of the noble class and how she was hard to prosecute and things like that. Um, so a lot of the profiles in this book range from, you know, the 1200s in Ireland all the way to like the 1950s America. Mm-hmm. Really interesting one is in the 1920s um, Chicago and how female murders, so women killing typically men, I guess, in the 1920s in Chicago, increased by 400% in the 1920s. Um, And so the movie or musical Chicago is largely inspired by like that (laughs) phenomenon and how it was very sensationalized with the media and how a lot of these women were like glamorized. And, um, you know, if there's a line in here that says like, if you were pretty, you probably were going to get off. But if if you were not attractive, you were probably going to go to prison. And so the oh. one in here, I think she was, she received the harshest punishment, um, of any of them, Tilly Klimek. Um, and she, you know, was not attractive is how she's described in this book. That's how the media described her at the time. And she was convicted and, um, you'll have to read it to find oh. out what happens to her. Um, so it really goes into how um, these female serial killers are uniquely discussed, especially by the media or handled by the courts at the time. It was a really interesting book to listen to because you're listening to it. And these um, it's nice because you're removed from it. It's all in history. Yeah. Um, so it's not like, a, you know, it can be kind of handled with some afterthought. Mm-hmm. And I thought the author did a really good job of not glamorizing any of them, but really just talking about and like presenting how they were talked about. Um, it is her voice is pretty satirical throughout it. She definitely talks and writes about it very, in a very light way that seems very counterintuitive mm-hmm. to the topic at hand, um, which can be jarring um, and is kind of like, it, it's a little kind of, it could be off-putting to some people, yeah. I could see. Yeah. Um, just I, I she, could see the appeal, though, too. Yes. So I was able to make it through this whole book. I didn't have any trouble sleeping. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, And she has a really good introduction and conclusion, um, kind of talking about the source material and um, the challenges she had approaching this material because all of these women in this book did very, very horrible things and not wanting to glamorize them or, you know, quote unquote, make excuses because of the harsh social circumstances that they lived under. but yeah, so it's really interesting. A fact I learned is the first recorded like witch hunt um, took place in Ireland in well in recorded history, and she was probably a serial killer, the person that they they killed Ooh. in the witch hunt. Ooh. So that like brings back you could do like a whole like dissertation on that. Yeah, you could. Um, <laughs> so that was really interesting. So there's lots of unique tidbits. Mm-hmm. Um, that first story I talked about, um, or the first woman um, I talked about, the book is 
it has an introduction and conclusion and then each chapter focuses on a different person and the first one it kind of says how there's like all these other um like characters that have been like built up after her with some reference to her just based on like her life and the things she did and it actually made me think of the movie um crimson peak have any of you seen that? Yeah. I've seen the trailers for it. Yeah, I know about it. So it has Jessica Chastain, Tom Hiddleston. There's another person. Yeah, was it? What's her last name? Yes, I do not know how to say her last name. Thank you for trying. Uh-huh. It came out in 2015, and it was directed by Guillermo del Toro. So mm-hmm. it's it's a pretty strange movie. Um, it is horror mm-hmm. mixed with paranormal, and that is all I could picture when I was reading that story. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting to have like my own references of, I don't know if this was like a, right. you know, any inspiration for that, but it definitely has some similarities. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, so this was pretty light. Um, I had some recommendations if anyone wanted something a little bit like heavier so another true crime um so i listened to this one on hoopla i also tried listening to one it's called i'll be gone in the dark (gasps) okay so um i wasn't (laughs) gonna name this but in our last episode i talked about um the monster of florence okay and i mentioned that i had tried listening to a different book (gasps) Mm -hmm. that had it was similar and i just couldn't i had to stop it was so i could not sleep i was not sleeping at night because of this i had a different even, reaction. I couldn't even get through like the first ten minutes because I was bored. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh my gosh! No. So I made it like four or five hours in. Um, so I'll be gone in the dark is a book. It's called One Woman's Search for the Golden State Killer, and it's um, written by Michelle Mc- McNamara. Sure. Um, she, I think, has passed, um, but mm-hmm. she's a journalist, and she did a lot of mm-hmm. research and investigative reporting into this person that ultimately led to his conviction. Um, and so it's basically reporting all of these um, attacks um, that were escalating throughout California um, in the 70s? I can't remember. Um, I think that sounds... Yeah. Right-ish. Give us, give, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, plus or minus a decade. <laughs> so it's more true crime, um, but it is very vividly described, all these attacks and how, mm-hmm. you know, she's definitely had done a lot of research and had really, like, fallen into mm-hmm. um, this person's, like, MO and their profile and all that. And I couldn't finish the book. It was too <laughs> scary. So if you like true crime and you like that, uh, that would be a great one to listen to. Um, Apparently and- give it more than 10 minutes and then you'll <laughs> enjoy it. Yeah. I, I, do, I, I, I did listen to this as well, and I agree with Melody. There are mm-hmm. parts that really drag, but once they get into mm-hmm. it, they really get into so it. So the author has a high attention to detail and I think it's yeah. um, an edited a compilation of all of her research and writings mm-hmm. on this topic. She um, had a blog that would follow true mm-hmm. crime and so mm-hmm. um, it's kind of edited so it's a little I think rough around the edges um, but it, it you have to warm up into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But apparently it's worth worth the waiting out the not yeah. so interesting parts yeah i mean yeah. i couldn't sleep with my windows open they had to be locked <laughs> <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> 
So, you know, know your, know your limits, I guess. Yeah. Listeners. <laughs> All right. Um, Sam, do you want to give us the last recommendation for this Yeah. Podcast? So, um, I'm going to be talking about Edgar Allan Poe short fiction. Um, and Which I'm so excited about. <laughs> yes. And I was so happy you talked about short fiction because mm-hmm. I'm a huge advocate. I don't think people read it nearly enough. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so good. It's so good. A short story is considered, I think, anything less than, like, 30 pages. So that's not a big time commitment. It ramps up really fast and ends very quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like you're reading a chapter in a book, but it's a whole story in just a few pages. So this Edgar Allan Poe, the complete stories that we have, (laughs) there are, like, I don't know how many, like, 50 just mystery and horror stories. So I'm going to talk about... A couple of my favorites. Um, you'll probably recognize some of the names. Um, the Telltale Heart, The Pit and the Pendulum, The Cask of Amontillado, and The Mask of the Red Death. Mm-hmm. I think in totality, um, you could read all of these and they're under like 20, 25 pages. Um, so like The Telltale Heart is four pages in yeah. this book. Yeah. Um, and that one is a classic of... Mm-hmm man murders another man Mm -hmm. and the police come to investigate and he hears the thumping of the heart and it basically drives him insane um the pit and the pendulum is just totally like sucks you in and it's takes place during the spanish inquisition it's this prisoner who's in a dark cell just kind of describing what is happening to him and the horror that he experiences um The Cask of Amontillado is about these two guys, um, and one just doesn't like this other guy. He doesn't really even get into it. He just doesn't like him and decides that he's going to bury him alive in the catacombs (laughs) (laughs) under their city. Um, And then The Mask of the Red Death um, takes place during the Red Death. Um, and is about this kind of wealthy guy who has all of his friends over for a party in his walled-off palace where the Red Death can't get in because no one is allowed in. Um, again, they, they ramp up really quickly. There are a handful of pages each. I think The Pit and the Pendulum is the longest one at 10 pages. Mm. So you can get a lot of bang for your buck by reading short fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and my favorite thing, again, I'm one who won't, be afraid to put down a bad book is if you read a short story and you don't like it you can just move on to the next one right and at worst you wasted half an hour of your life reading a story you didn't really like um versus reading four chapters of a book and deciding to put it down that's Mm -hmm. a big bigger time investment yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I love yeah. short fiction. I get so excited and about it. Poe is definitely a master. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. I, yeah. I um, also was an English major, as Rachel was, too. Yeah. Were either of Melissa or Lizzie? No. No. So Can't I joined the cool kids. Club. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I re- really remember enjoying going through Poe um, mm-hmm. and how, just being a, um, so surprised at how scary the stories were with just a few pages and how mm-hmm. that ominous feeling would just yeah. come over me and I'm like I've only read two pages yeah yeah and the great thing about Poe and a lot of writers who wrote 
a long time ago is that it's not that gory brutal like super graphic scary it's very subtle it's Mm -hmm. that like spine tingling hair on the back of your neck standing up just Mm -hmm. kind of uncomfortable Um, but he's also just such a good writer and he's very Mm -hmm. smart Um, so in the cask of Amontillado he's convincing this guy to go in in to look at this like cask of wine amontillado wine um and he's trying to convince him along the way to kind of trust him to keep going Mm -hmm. and at one point he says that he's a mason and the guy is like oh well prove it to me like tell me like our secret like phrase or whatever and he pulls out a trowel and says like oh no I I carry a trowel with me I'm a mason (laughs) but it's really just foreshadowing that Uh he's about to wall him off in this little room in these catacombs and Mm -hmm. so I don't know as a as an English major it just yeah like you pick up on these little things the more you read it and it's just it's really smart writing if you're hanging out with someone who hates you and they have a shovel you should leave alarm bells are going (laughs) these catacombs are certainly dark Why do you have a trowel? <laughs> I read um, The Pit and the Pendulum um, and The Telltale Heart in high school, and mm-hmm. I still have like very vivid uh, like visualizations or memories mm-hmm. of reading them, yeah. and I feel like that is a mark of a really good story and a really good author if pieces of that can leave an impression on a person right. for that long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think we've covered all of our reading recommendations so if you've been listening and anything caught your I was going to say caught your eye but that's not right <laughs> if you heard yeah. caught your ear. <laughs> if you've heard heard about anything that you want to check out um, we're going to have all the links in the show notes so don't worry about trying to scribble down book titles or anything um, please subscribe to the podcast that's very helpful for us um, and you can contact us uh, through our website or Facebook page again the links will be in the show notes or you can use the hashtag NotYourMother'sLibrary. So big thank you to um, Sam, Alyssa, and Lizzie. Thank you so much for coming. This has it's been good really having fun. you. Yeah, yeah, thank you for having yeah, us. For this is great. Yeah, awesome. So next month, we're going to be talking about comics. I'm very excited. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll uh, talk to you next month. Happy reading. Bye. Bye.